Jack LeBron. Hi, I'm David Reynolds, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Well, joining us this week on Inside Supercars from motorsport.com, Andrew Van Leeuwen. Good afternoon, Andrew. Hey, Craig, how you doing? Not too bad at all. And we're also joined by the head of speedcafe.com, Brett Crusher-Murray. G'day, Crush. Hi, Craig. Guys, fascinating time that we're in, and uh, first time I've had a chance to chat to you two about the situation. Uh, first of all, Andrew. A team's going to be able to financially survive 2020. That is a very, very good question. I guess it is, we still really don't, I was thinking about this this morning, we still really don't know what the picture of, of this whole thing is. We still don't really, and I'm not just talking about supercars or motorsport, but the country, you know, the economy, how, how we're actually gonna come out of it because day to day we keep moving forward. Even in Melbourne, we get up every morning and carry on about our business. but. What does the world look like, you know, a year, a year down the track or whatever? And, you know, we've already seen over the past few years, or maybe even more than a few years, the fact that, you know, getting funding for events has got harder and all this sort of stuff. And Crusher will know more about that, having, you know, done a lot of stuff in the event space. All those things, everyone's been talking for years about, you know, the good old days being over. And, and obviously, we're just going to enter a whole new dimension of that moving forward. So, like, difficult time for the teams difficult time for the sport in terms of events and all that sort of stuff and it's really hard to sort of predict where things are going to be at and 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 where the sport is going to need to go from here to keep going you know the teams have kept going now but we're not at the end of job keeping yet we're not at the end you know there's still things that, that are going to change and I know they'll definitely you know there's definitely concern in team land there was already we sat around at the Adelaide 500 wondering where the sport was going to go next because there's no holding anymore what are we going to do with gen 3 you know all of this there was already so much uncertainty over the future of the teams and what they would do if they needed to build new cars for next season or the season after. And then we've all thrown this in, you know, I think, I think the sport will survive in some way. I think the teams will survive or at least, you know, a, a core of them will survive in some way, but how that looks, it's just so difficult to predict. Crush is the view of the world up in Queensland, much different from the view down in Victoria. Uh, I don't think AVL sitting, uh, out in the park watching the sailing boats go by as I am at the moment. But um, <laughs> thanks, mate. <laughs> I think um, yeah, the answer to that question has so many tentacles, Craig. And uh, you know, Abiel touched on a few of them. It's like the teams were all, you know, there was a, a nice edge sort of at the start of the year, as you said, when people were talking about in Adelaide what what the world's going to look like. And then if you look at the in team world, you look at all the major things that have gone down since, right? So we look at the overall uh, picture of the, the economy of the country and of the world and the state of where we're at. Then you, then you take the next layer down and you go, okay, well, then Virgin have just gone and administration have been saved, but that's still, still up in the air and how all that fits. But I doubt their number of sponsorships will be at the level it was before that all fell down. You've got... Um, the broadcaster uh, who has had difficult circumstances in regards to finance being rearranged, and that TV deal still has to be done. You've got the teams themselves, you know, who are sort of sort of patchy, um, you know, some strong, not some not so strong in, in difficult times, and then the category itself, 
um, who rely so heavily on governments who are at the tip in so much money in the COVID situation. So you've all had all that to deal with. And, and, and the elephant that was in the room only a few months ago was the fact that one of the major manufacturers and the, and the major suppliers of cash into this business, Holden, had gone from the sport. So the world was turning upside down because Holden were going. Like, it was like, holy moly, what's going to happen? And like, the world turning upside down. And then all of a sudden, this tidal wave's come over the top and everyone's just forgotten about Holden. Like, it was, in comparison, it was, it was minuscule. So you've got all those things to, to deal with. But the thing we do know about our sport is, you know, it's full of resilient people and patience and persistence are the two things you need if you're going to survive in this game, no matter what your participation or your involvement is. So it's certainly, uh, it's certainly going to be interesting and it's certainly not going to be easy. If we think, Crush, the teams are going to make it through, will the mothership be able to make it through or will it have to be cut right back to a, uh, a very different type of uh, sanctioning or controlling body? Oh, I think there's no doubt about that, and I think we've already seen that. I mean, the, the organisation itself will survive. I mean, there's still rumours about, you know, being sold and, you know, they've been around for a while, but, you know, you know, are the, are the, are the buzzards circling? In this current situation, you know, they've had a lot of people that have put off and fertilised. They haven't necessarily been, you know, uh, forthcoming with that information. We've actually had to go and find it or been told about it, which has been so strange compared to all the other major sports who have just put their hand up and said, yep, this is the situation we're facing. Um, I don't think, you know, it doesn't do anybody any good to pretend that stuff's not happening. Um, but, you know, I think that there'll certainly be cuts. Uh, people have to take a haircut. Um, you know, you look at their own sponsor situations, like a lot of those companies, uh, you know, retail businesses um, have all had to, uh, you know, have all suffered in some some stretch um, during this whole process, including the naming rights sponsor Virgin, who uh, obviously went in the administration. So there's certainly going to be a massive rethink. Um, and then on the back of that, you know, part of that massive rethink is not just the, you know, the blokes at the desks in Sydney, it, it's what, you know, what does the category look like in regards to what's the new car look like? And they've all touched on it, Gen 3, like that's the big question mark. There's no doubt in the world it's like, okay, you know, my thoughts are that we need to work out how we can run what we've got for the next 12 months as cheaply as we can and keep those costs, you know, to an absolute, you know, minimum and then give, give themselves 12 months breathing space to be able to come up with something that, makes the thing a whole lot more cost-effective. AVL, Supercars is more than just uh, an organiser of motorsport events. They do the concerts, they do a a whole entertainment package, but then they've got this whole almost subsidiary company that is Supercars Media. And at the moment, that has been at least being able to generate them uh, some profile and some publicity, even if the cars haven't been able to. Yeah, well, I mean, Supercars Media can generate income as well. I mean, they were going to, you know, well, the, the deal is still in place for them to produce the TV content for for ARG, for the for the TCR and S5000 and all that sort of stuff. So um, obviously there are some advantages to that. You know, it's – that Supercars did a reasonable job with the E-Series and all that stuff of keeping something going during the break. Um, they've worked very hard to keep something going now as the borders have been sort of closing in. So I think as a whole, the business, it, it can't be accused of at least not internally working hard enough to keep to keep going. But, you know, like Crush said, there's going to be 
it, it, the whole thing's going to change. The whole thing's going to change and wh- how that looks in terms of subsidiaries like supercars, media or this or that, who knows? I think one of the good, if you want to sort of try and put a silver lining on this whole thing is that, you know, again, coming back to the fact that even before the pandemic, there were some serious issues that needed to be addressed, which haven't gone away, but maybe the approach to them is now going to be different because, you know, making Gen 3 a cheaper car isn't just sort of a luxury item now. It's not like, geez, that'd be great for the teams if it was cheaper, but, you know, we all sort of felt that at some point self-interest and this and that was going to come into play and maybe it wasn't going to happen. It has to happen. It has to happen now. There's no more, this would be nice to do. These are things that are going to have to happen if the sport is going to keep moving in any direction other than just disappearing entirely from the landscape. So hopefully, or you know, the, the, the silver lining is that some really tough decisions are going to be made in terms of cost cutting and in terms of, you know, changing the way we go about the business. Um, and we're going to see eventually some positives come out of it because things weren't sailing along as smoothly as they could have been before. And it's not the only sport. Look at something like the A-League or, you know, rugby union in this country. They're actually, perhaps they're opportunities to go, right, this wasn't actually working. It was just working well enough. Let's knock it all down and start again and see what we come up with. So, you know, perhaps that's the that's up for people smarter than me to work out how to actually do that. But maybe that's the uh, the silver lining we could see out of this whole thing. But what's the personnel the personal toll going to be on the personnel who are working there? Do you mean? Well, who are working at supercars, and then you know we we now are going to have the Melbourne teams pretty much isolated till the uh, middle of October, um, at least. And uh, if they do have, to, if the Queensland teams have to go on the road again, everyone's going to have to come down to Victoria and try and run Winton, Sandown, and and then go down to Phillip Island, just so you can be in, at least inside the COVID bubble once stage four is lifted. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how how much we're going to see guys coming down to Victoria. I I, I still. I still feel like plan A has very much become that the season's going to end at Bathurst, that the teams will stay on the road until Bathurst and we won't see any more racing after that. I can't see teams coming down to Victoria. I can't see people from Victoria being able to go too many places in the short term, even if we're seeing a bit of a stabilizing of, of, of numbers here. Oh, for, the, for the team personnel, obviously it depends where, you know, where you are in life in terms of there'll be some guys that'll be treating it as a, as a huge adventure. For a lot of guys with families and obviously that sort of stuff, remarkably difficult, particularly I think once Melbourne went back into lockdown because you weren't just sort of leaving behind your family for X amount of weeks. You're now leaving them, you know, homeschooling, can only go to the park for an hour a day, this and that, like incredibly tough conditions. And and there will be a massive personal toll on that. I still think that the bargain will be stay on the road a bit longer and we'll finish up at Bathurst and then you can go back to your families because I think it would be even harder for those guys to try and come home before Bathurst and then have to go back into quarantine to go to New South Wales and, and to get too messy. But I know at the start of this whole thing, my wife and I and our son, we went to Perth and we spent 10 weeks over in Perth and even closing the door on the apartment the day we left, not knowing when we were going to come back here. It was the weirdest feeling I've ever experienced in my whole life. So I sort of feel like I understand a little bit maybe what it's like to leave a place and not know when you're coming back. But I did that with my family. We had the dog with us. It was a totally different scenario to just upping and going on with an hour's notice and saying to your wife, yep, I'll see you at some point or your husband or your partner or whoever that's that, 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 that'll take its toll on, on these guys. Definitely really difficult. Crush your yeah, thoughts. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine spending 10 weeks with ABL. I couldn't know how that would work. <laughs> um, 
Um, yeah, look, everything ABL, you know, is, is straight up in, in regards to how it's going to affect people. But to be honest, at the end of the day, they don't really have any choice. And that's a hard thing to say. So before, you know, I have wives and girlfriends, you know, sending me emails. I mean, the, the position is that it's very, very difficult. But the, the, what are the options? Either you do this or we close the show down. So you can have your husband or boyfriend home in a lockdown uh, in Victoria with no job, um, or you can have him on the road trying to keep the show alive, you know, doing something he's passionate about or she's passionate about, um, and, uh, you know, playing a role in, you know, trying to keep the, the sport or the category alive. But, you know, that, unfortunately, there is no option. Um, you know, and the guys that maybe have taken an option, you know, teams try to work with them and, you know, obviously the younger families, you know, there's all these, you know, there's a million variables to how this works and people have just got to be patient. And I know that in, in, for some people it's not in their makeup, um, you know, and, and, you know, there probably will be some partnerships that fall apart through this um, and that, that's going to be very sad, but it's, it's in, in everything across the board, you know. I mean, the AFL are doing it in regards to how they're doing, but they're flying the families in. The AFL are paying the bill. Well, supercars aren't paying the bill. The teams are paying the bill, and that's the other thing is that you know there is going to be some increase in what they've got to they've got to pay out. But they, but they just have to get to a point where they can get those events done, get the TV money, um, and you know, they said you know you guaranteed some of that income, and and hopefully have relationships with their sponsors where they're delivering X amount, and the percentages don't have to be cut that much, and. And then they can, uh, then they can regroup. But uh, yeah, certainly not. A, uh, and the thing that adds to it is the uncertainty. You know, heading to Darwin, and then being told while well, you're in the air, like, oh, we're not racing this week. All that rubbish, which you know, which I think was very poorly handled on, on several on several fronts. Um, you know, it's just you know, it comes down to a few of those relationships. It should have been a lot stronger, especially with the government up there. Um, you know, again, self interest come in. They have got an election coming up, and. You know, I think there was a few uh, a few porky pies told amongst everyone that was trying to put this show together, and I don't think we've seen the end of that yet either. AVL, the interesting thing is, we'll get to back to the start-stop Darwin, but you're adamant season should finish at Bathurst. It, we shouldn't try and keep these people away from families and friends, even if it does mean that some teams just have to go under. Yeah, I, I just think that I don't see any option beyond really do well, I mean there is an option you roll the dice on 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 things improving and borders opening up but like at the moment you can't imagine that you know the trip to Perth's going to go ahead and the trip to Tasmania is going to go ahead these are just it, it just there was a time there where um you know time was was the friend of sporting organizations trying to organize things push things back give it give it time to improve but we've seen now with what's happened in Melbourne that um things don't necessarily just improve in a linear fashion and it gets better and better and better and off you go. It can turn bad again. And that could happen anywhere. And this may not, you know, there's no rule that says the second wave is the last wave either. So I don't think that you could take the, it would be a huge risk to say, right, let's, you know, let's send teams back to Melbourne after, after Townsville and hope that things get better and that we finish the season and we go to Sydney in December, like we planned and everything works. I think obviously the sport prides itself on its national footprint that's what they've really tried to keep going. But surely, surely once you get to a point where you can get that TV money, you've satisfied the requirements to crown a champion, to keep, you know, everyone happy enough to get as many dollars and cents as you can to try and keep everyone going. I think at that point you've got to go, right, that's it. 
that's that's all we can do. So to me, it's the it's the sensible it's the sensible decision. Well, Crush, you've got what the fans are saying there at the poll that Speed Cafe was doing. What is firstly your thoughts, and then what was the thoughts of your uh, your readers? Yeah, well, I might do it in reverse. The the, the Pertec poll, which we run every week, we're on, you know, um, we're only a couple of days into it, and we've had over six and a half thousand, so we get a pretty good indication from the numbers on how what people are thinking about it. Um, and you know, they have fairly good numbers early in a poll, and we've got seventy, almost seventy percent, saying yes, it should be ended at Bathurst. Now, obviously, fans want to see racing every weekend if they could, but I think you know they're starting to realise you know, the, the position that everybody's in and they're being sympathetic to it. I mean, we haven't seen the season end at Bathurst since 2000, 2000 so 20 years ago. Um, you know, the chances of going to Perth, forget it. The chances of going to Tasmania, forget it. The chances of going to Victoria, forget it. The idea of sending these guys back to Victoria before Bathurst um, is just nonsensical. It does, you know, it's just crazy. Um, you know, they just, you know, I wrote it, been a few weeks ago. You just got to get it done right. So we get Darwin done, and whether that's you know, next weekend, go to Townsville for double header. Get a get a situation where you can go to Queensland Raceway for a double header because you'd be sitting around Southeast Queensland. You might as well be doing something. So let's go there and run two races in a permanent circuit. It's a bit easier, um, and then then roll into Bathurst. Now whether we have crowds at Bathurst or you know, and there's the other questions that have to be asked. You know, there's still some infrastructure and things that have to become that have to come out of Victoria. So we'll have to be you know, things put in place. I know we're still several weeks away, but, you know, we're not going to get back to square one of Victoria by the time we get to Bathurst, you know, which is, what, um, 10 weeks away or whatever it is. So I think that, um, you know, we've got to really got to look at Bathurst as probably the finale and then everyone sort of got to take a deep breath, regroup, get everything sharp, get everyone get some sort of rule process in place so we know what we're doing next year. You know, and if people are going to be laid off, then they've got an opportunity to go and you know, go and get it, go and get a job. See what positions are you know how the where the government's job keeper and job seeker positions sit. And a lot, all these teams are in that position. They're all made use of that. There's no secret about any of that. Um, and uh, you know, I think that's probably the thing that's kept them alive to some degree. Well, not some degree. It certainly kept them alive. Full stop. And. Interesting, a compressed season. We have had a case study of what happens when a series compresses its season and you both would be aware what happened with IndyCars. IndyCars had that compressed season and they basically at the back of it, every mechanic, everyone was let go and they just didn't bother re-employing anyone until a couple of months before the start of the next season. And that was uh, the model that they were running with in a much uh, different uh, industrial relations landscape too than Australia, but that's what happens when you compress the season. You only employ people when they're there, Andrew. Yep, I guess so. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a million and one different employment models that are out there amongst teams anyway. You know, there's te- teams grow and shrink with what's going on in terms of, you know, they get bigger for Bathurst, they get smaller for other race meetings, they get smaller when there's no race meetings going on. So the idea of sort of contract mechanics and that sort of stuff is nothing new. Um, obviously their incomes are going to be affected by this, but everyone's incomes are being affected by this. I don't think any of us could sit around at any point, you know, since March and go, oh, yeah, this hasn't had some sort of neg- – oh, I mean, there'll be some industries that haven't, but in terms of the motor racing industry, uh, we've all copped it, copped the raw end at some point, I'd say, over the over the last few um, over the last few months. So, yeah, you, you might see a little bit of that, but I still think that um, – I, I think that 
you don't solve that by not finishing the season at Bathurst either. You just add to the uncertainty. And you just, if JobKeeper does slow down, if, they can, if the teams don't have access to that income support and that sort of stuff, you're going to see much bigger losses. There was a, we, we did a round table with Sean Seymour last week, you know, sort of as the Darwin thing was all coming to a head and um, and he it was put to him, you know, this is so expensive for the teams. This is so expensive for the sport to have these guys on the road. And he said, yeah, it's more expensive than, you know, than if we're sitting around not racing. And I think that if they try and keep the season going after Bathurst and they don't go and do a double header at QR in the meantime, and they don't satisfy what they need to satisfy to get the season done, we probably wouldn't go racing again anyway. It's totally feasible to say it wouldn't happen anyway. So better to at least be clear about it. And like Crush said, let guys go and find other employment if that's what they need to do, because mechanics often do that anyway. That is often how that model actually actually works. So it's not a great situation, obviously, but I don't think it worsens the situation cutting cutting the, the series short. Now, uh, Crush gave us his thoughts on the Darwin stall. What about yours, Aviel? Yeah, I think I think referencing the election, I think there's definitely been something that's played that that's something that's played a role here because there's absolutely no doubt that as of you know on Friday there was the the Friday week there was the directive. Okay, City of Brisbane, Logan, Ipswich, they're all hot spots. On Saturday, it was agreed that it could go ahead. There was a, an agreement in place with their relevant officials in the Northern Territory um, that this thing was going to be fine. Um, and, you know, I think the, 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 the note to teens was by the skin of our teeth, we've, we've done this. And then obviously it just stalled and it stalled and it stalled. So somebody there wasn't happy about it. And it's understandable because at some level, somebody goes, well, hang on a minute. You know, we've got families that can't visit each other from interstate and all this sort of stuff, but you're going to let these guys come in and go racing. So obviously there was, I guess when you're staring down the barrel of an election like that, you can end up between a rock and a hard place pretty quick because cancelling a, ma- a very popular major event a week out isn't a great look for a government. But doing something, you know, particularly with everyone so on edge with what's going on here in Melbourne, doing something that could potentially jeopardise a virus-free um, environment is potentially very damaging as well. So I guess there was kind of, you can sort of, see where you could end up with guys at loggerheads about what to do next because neither was an ideal outcome. And that seemed to be something that just dragged on and on. And even, even after the guys got the guys that went into hotel quarantine, I mean, they were, there was talk that they'd be out by this Wednesday if that hotspot declaration hadn't been revoked, but there was also definitely some concern that they wouldn't, that they'd have to serve the 14 days and we might not have gone racing or we may have gone racing with it, missing a few people next weekend anyway. So it was just, it was messy, man. It was, uh, it was messy. And uh, I think we all got dizzy trying to chase it round and round in circles, but there's no doubt Saturday, the thing was on obviously by Wednesday. It, it wasn't, it was, it, it was a crazy week. Mm-hmm. Now looking at Darwin then and uh, the triple crown, they've changed the uh, way that it's going to be awarded. It's going to be awarded to the round winner, which as we all remember when they awarded the Eclipse 500 to the round winner, they took it off him within six months and gave it to his brother. It's because uh, uh, I think Todd had the most at the end of the two days, but Rick won the Sunday. So they uh, took it off Todd and gave it to Rick. Crush, is the change for the cripple crown, is that no one cares? It's a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's harsh to say no one cares because, it's, it's, you know, it's something a little bit different. And, you know, the fact that Scotty Mack won it last year for the first time, you know, it's sort of gone un, un- awarded for that amount of time because no one had achieved it. But I think 
with the tie situation, you do need to have a round winner because you know the whole tie thing is just confused everybody. And you know whether you love it or you hate it, um, you know I think the round winner needs to be needs to be rewarded. And if that means giving them the triple crown as as the trophy, will then so be it. AVL, your thoughts? Yeah, I I agree 100 percent with that. On the same with the triple crown, it's sort of. Yeah, once you start giving away, once you start giving it away every year, I think it would very quickly become something that maybe isn't the most interesting thing in the world. But yeah, I think we're just starting to see the transition back into round winner world, which which we really need to do because um, because having the races as absolutes, they're not standalone races anymore. It's just not how it works. And again, like Crush said, whether you whether you love the the format or you hate it, it there's you can't argue against the fact that the the races are all linked together, and you need to um, someone needs to get a get some sort of reward for, for getting it right in all three races because it is easy is the wrong word, but there, there are going to, we're going to keep seeing these cases, particularly with the mixed compound where we're going to see some unusual winners because guys just decide to uh, ha- or have the luxury of not being in the championship fight and being able to throw everything at, just going and grabbing a race win on Sunday afternoon. Mm. Yeah, well, it's a long time since Tony Cochran told us all in very colourful terms and more colourful than this, every race is around and build a bridge. Um, midweek racing, AVL, do you think the midweek option is the only option for Darwin 2 or do you think we need to now delay Townsville? Uh, I don't think they'll be delaying Townsville. They've just announced that um, the dates for that and I can't see that they'll be wanting to change um, change anything there. And I, I, There are issues with school holidays and that sort of stuff with the track build there as well. So um, I think a midweek fixture is definitely the preferred option. Um, that's been the talk ever since last Wednesday when it sort of started to come to light that, that, that the round wasn't going to go ahead as, um, as originally planned. So it makes sense. You're not clashing with the footy up there. You're not clashing with the election, uh, maybe a bit more breathing room on, on Fox sports, but obviously there's a whole, a whole heap of um, pieces that need to align as well. It's not as simple as going, well, we'll just go racing on, on this day. But look, I think that's the preferred option. I think as soon as they can lock something in, the fact we haven't heard about it probably means that there's still things going on because um, we're talking about a week away, you know, if they were going to do a Tuesday, Wednesday next week, that's that's a week today. So you'd want to be getting it out there and trying to sell some tickets um, if you are going to go away, um, if you are going to go ahead with that midweek option. And people who have gone up there, Crush, they got up there last week for it. If you want them to stay for the second one, you really want to be telling them when they're flying back or travelling back. <laughs> yeah, that's just part of the course when you're trying to you know, chase your... Uh Tracy travel and trying to work out how, how that works and that's you know the teams did a chart of things so that was okay but we're you know you're sending sending any staff there or doing what you need to do it's you know it's a new norm to be changing things every three or four hours like the way it's rolled out I don't know if there's too many fans that have actually gone there to watch the racing I think most of them are going to be local people on the ground I don't know how many have actually flown in to, to watch watch the event um, but I think that you know, I wrote a piece a couple of days ago that the, the AFL, when the AFL draw came out, um, the end of their festival of footy, their 30 days straight, ends on Monday night. So that leaves Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then the Mighty Blues play the Gold Coast Suns on the Friday. So you've got the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday free from a from a Fox standpoint. There's an NRL game on the Thursday night, which is free to air and live on nine. Um, I think that would provide... A great opportunity, one, just to see how it would go midweek. If you run the races a little bit later, go into twilight there um, on ATV, it's not going to make any difference. 
maybe pick up some extra numbers, promote it right. Those midweek games from the AFL have rated very, very well. I guess when you're sitting at home in Victoria with nothing else to do, there's a big chance that's going to happen. But, you know, if they if they actually made a decision and they could actually get out and use some of their assets to be able to tell people that this is on and, and really promote it and market it, you know, they might be surprised at the result. And it'd be interesting to see, you know, I'd be, I'd be interested to see, you know, what sort of numbers they get. My understanding is there's an AFL game on the Saturday night. Richmond play Essendon, play the Indigenous game up there on a Saturday night. The election's Saturday. Um, the government aren't keen on running on the Saturday. Um, and obviously the AFL game's on the Saturday night. Uh, but my understanding is that Fox are keen to have it happen on the weekend for, you know, obviously it's a numbers thing for them as well. So, yeah, as Avial said, we haven't been told anything yet. We've been knocking on the door, but no one's to give us an answer, which means they're not telling us or they don't want to tell us yet um, for whatever reason. Um, and then, you know, if they do run at the weekend, they're going to have to hustle because Townsville, there's no way Townsville's changing. They've got to get from Darwin to Townsville, which is, you know, three and a half days. Uh, so they have to pack up Sunday night, get on the road, uh, and get back and just hope there's, you know, no other cases or outbreaks anywhere else. In the meantime, you just got to go with what you got. The biggest thing with this, you know, the whole COVID situation is, is you're always chasing it. You know, you're waiting for, you know, we're all waiting for an antidote of, uh, you know, a vaccine um, to come along. So we're all just doing what we can and we're just punching, 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 hoping at some point that comes. When it comes or if it comes, is you know, that's the big unknown and, that, and that's the worst thing about this whole process is the unknown and how long it's going to take and what it's going to cost in the meantime. But everyone's just got to be adaptable. Everyone's just got to, you know, you know, the old cliche, we're all in it together. And, and that's really the reality is, you know, you just got to, everyone's just got to pitch in and do what they need to do. You know, the amount of changes and, you know, staffing rosters and just all those things. Even from our standpoint, it's just crazy. We're dealing with international, not just supercars, but all the international stuff as well. Um, you know, it's just been a, been a crazy time, but certainly one where you grow as a you grow as a business, you grow as a, an, as organisations, and and build relationships with people you're working with, and you know, you, you try and um, be as flexible as you can, and be as creative as you can, and these are these are the times when as fresh ideas will come, and, and all of a sudden, oh yeah, well we, we thought about doing it that way, but we we're all a little bit embarrassed to do it that way, or we didn't want to do it that way, or all of a sudden, it has to, you know, there's, there's no, there's no, uh, no op- option to do it that way, and all of a sudden it, it works and it costs less, and 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 you still get the same or better results. And I think we're seeing that across the board. And uh, of course, you just hope they're not sitting on this information until trackside runs on. Thursday or Friday, whichever day it is this week, and uh, just trying to hold on so they've got a, a big bang there, which uh, gins us down the Mitch Cleary AFL media debacle, um, which we certainly don't have time to go there. But it looks like AVL, you want to have, you want to say something about that? No, 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 not at all. I think uh, again, I think if they're going to announce a date for the second one, they better do it as soon as possible without trying to wait for a. Um for, you know, a magazine preview show to roll it out. I wouldn't be doing that. I'd be trying to sell some tickets pretty quickly. But I, I just think it's, um, I, you know, I talked about the silver lining of maybe this um, this whole thing forcing the sport to make some tough decisions. I think the other side of that is exactly what Crusher was just talking about is that, like, there's how much flexibility have we seen so far? And that's, that you know, it's it's forcing flexibility, but it, that just proves that you can do things, things that, oh, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. Well, you can 
And sometimes it works, you know. I think that's another positive we could see from this um, from this whole thing. We don't sometimes we are not. You could look at the round winners and race winners things a bit like that as well. You know, it's you can be too precious about what's a round win and what's a race win. At the end of the day, you know, just when the priority becomes just going motor racing, you know, who cares? If we can't do a million street circuits, let's go racing at Malala. You know, if we can't have a rec system that supports twenty five car grids. Let's open it up to local guys to run cars like they did in the old days. You know, I'm not saying these are solutions that the category should follow up on, but put everything on the table. This everything on the table approach, you know, there might be some good things come out of it. Who knows? It's amazing, Crusher, how self-interest of the team owners, when it's all aligned, everything goes the one direction. And at the moment, keeping their team surviving is the self-interest that they're all working on. Yeah, I wouldn't say all of them. I think there's probably still a couple who got their heads stuck on the sand and think that they're all going to be singing Kumbaya in a couple of weeks' time. But, um, you know, you know, 95% of them actually get it and understand it. And that's the thing. The thing, the, the license we have now is to be able to try stuff and change stuff. And, you know, if if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Like, And no one can be criticised for it. And, you know, there's, there's lots of people that are, you know, going out of their way to who are playing enormous roles in keeping the show alive and and and, and no less than all of them is those guys is those team guys from Victoria who have been on the road. They're the heroes of this show today. And I think the great thing was that the Queensland teams recognised that and publicly applauded it and opened up their workshops and, and uh, had folks done at their house and, you know, all those things, you know, like you just put the put the fields out and say, Hey, okay, anyone, you know, needs a helping hand, do so, you know. whether you know, whether you're in media, whether you're in supply, whether you've got a workshop, whether you're a truck driver, whatever, you know, it's everybody working together, you know, just because everyone realises that, you know, the end result is we need to put race cars on the track, we need to go racing. And, um, you know, I think that whatever has to be done to get that to happen um, will be done. And I think that's the, that's the realisation. It won't just the key is not just going to close tomorrow. We've seen it all around the world, you know, the, the difficulties that people are facing. And, you know, you look at, you know, someone like Roger Penske, who's done, you know, what a magnificent career he's had and what it, the organisation he's built and what he's done. He ended up with a crown jewel and for, for his deal in the Indianapolis 500 and owning Indianapolis Speedway. And, you know, he's a guy in his 80s who's just worked his entire life who's just been absolutely smashed in the face with a shovel with this thing, you know, in regards to, his business operations, the amount of people around the world, and, and you know, had no fault of his own. He runs probably the greatest show on, on the planet when it comes to this stuff, and at no fault of his own, he's now got a situation where he's got to run the Indy 500 without anyone walking in the gate, you know, like, but they're pressing on because they just got to do what you got to do. Well, guys, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you here on Inside Supercars today, and we thank you for your time. Andrew Van Leeuwen from motorsport.com. Thanks, guys. I might see you at a track one day. Who knows? Looking forward to it if it ever happens. <laughs> Probably 2021 that'll be. Crusher, good to see you. Go Blues. Go Blues. I'll be there next Monday night uh, cheering on uh, the Blues against the Sun. Oh, don't talk about going to footy. That's the last thing I want to hear. <laughs> hey, if there's, one, if there's one positive thing that's come out of all this, I'll see more footy this year than I have for many seasons. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks very much to Andrew Van Leeuwen and Brett Crusher-Murray. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more 
or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device, search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.